Hey, what's going on? Greetings and a good day. Welcome back to Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here coming back at you again for the second time this week. Uh, no seven-inning games here. We're going to give you, well, maybe, maybe it is. We're going to try to give you a full episode of Birds All Day after we came at you on uh, Monday, just after the trade deadline, which was a lot of fun. And if you haven't heard that show, I, I think uh, I recommend you go and check it out. I, I think... Uh, selfishly and self-indulgently. I think it was one of the better ones we've done. No guest, but uh, I think it was a great show. The 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 kind of the platonic ideal of what I think one of our better shows would sound like. So if this is your first time, or maybe your second time, maybe that was your first one, this is your second one. Thank you for coming back. We're going to talk about your Toronto Blue Jays, who we may have been almost like prematurely putting in the playoffs last the last time we spoke, but uh, I don't know. It just kind of looks that way. Uh, but the man who will tell us if it doesn't look that way, the man who will call it like it is, as he always does, and he joins me as he always does. Oh, old reliable. Old reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I was better before you suggested that I was going to make some sort of prediction. No, but I you're would, the man who tells which it like I it will is. Not, I, 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 I do no such thing. I do no such thing. I, I, I've, I've positioned you <laughs> I as tell it, I tell it how I see it. You tell it how I, you see it. I have, a ja- cool. I have a jacket, for example. Mm-hmm. This will make sense. <laughs> I have a jacket that uh, I have a brown jacket that whenever I wear it, people are like, cool green jacket. I'm like, it's brown. They're like, no, it's not. And it turns out it's at this time in my life of wearing that jacket. It's about like a thousand to one against me on the color of this jacket. So turns out I, I may not always be able to tell it how it is. Call them like you see them. Which is all we could ever hope for. That's I, that's a that's a. Much I needed to get to back it. to the old patter. <laughs> we didn't do the patter last week, which which a few folks noted. But uh, I think there were extenuating circumstances that led to the non-traditional bringing in of old reliable. I was waiting back. for it. I was waiting for it. You're waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, hopefully we hopefully we did it justice. Hopefully we I did our so. standard issue patter uh, the justice. We gave it the dignity that it deserved. Which is which is none. Very little, almost none. <laughs> so we're talking about your Toronto Blue Jays. It is here. It is the time we are recording is Thursday night. The Blue Jays are locked in battle with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, one thing we're going to do for this week is we opened up the old mailbag, so to speak. I put some questions out, and some folks came up with uh, came to us with some thoughtful questions and thoughtful uh, uh, or looking to get our perspective on their. Thoughts and questions, which I, which is always fun. Um, a good way to get us get away from you and I to sort of prattling on as we tend to do. But uh, I think before we get to that, I want to talk about sort of like the issue of the day, the issue of the week, uh, which is uh, could be a big issue, could be small, and that is of course the issue of the Blue Jays run around like idiots, make it outs on the bases. I'm watching Teoscar Hernandez run around, not at all like an idiot right now, frankly. Well, he does. He only knows one way to be, and that is awesome and great and worthy of praise. And, and bit, of, uh, bit of a trot right now, actually, is what he's doing. Are you suggesting that maybe he hit the ball and it went over the fence? I've got the I, in-play <laughs> runs up on my screen right now, so I don't know. I'm on. Uh, I'm on pins and needles here, waiting. Oh, to find I've out got what the. I've got the TV. Done. I've got the TV across the room, and uh, really thought. Uh, really thought Jackie Bradley was going to catch that. I think it was to center. Maybe it was the right fielder. I think it was Jackie Bradley Jr. Whoever it was. Uh, did not catch it. It may have bounced off the top of the fence. No, it didn't. It just went straight into the bullpen. Uh, which, of course, 
everybody who's listening to this already knows by now. Well, I'm learning in real time. You're really painting a picture for me. You may also reminding me of uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a menace when it comes to playing center field. He is as fine a center fielder as I ever have seen, to his enormous, enormous credit. I think he's better than Kiermaier. I think he's obviously better than like a, the Polars of the world. Um, and unfortunately for Jackie Bradley Jr., doesn't do a lot else. Nonetheless. And also, you know what? He just was. I, I know Meadow thought that he was right for her, but I just, I never really bought it. I thought he was a bit of a. We have a train wreck, Jackie Jr., you know? So you'd think that I would have seen The Sopranos in its entirety, but I have, in fact, not seen much more than I, I think I, I was I was watching through it actually quite recently, and I got to the midway through the second season, and then I was distracted and taken away. And I, I will have to revisit and continue on to learn about the plight of Meadow Soprano, although I do know how it ends, but not the journey. Anyway, I see what you did there. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what is so uh, it's important as a, as people who are watching and observing the Blue Jays and having to have opinions on the Blue Jays. What is your opinion, Stoughton, on the way that they have been running the bases recently or all season long, which is to say uh, maybe poorly might be one way. Some others say others would say recklessly, haphazardly. Without any kind of intent or or decisions, clear decision making process. What's your perspective? My perspective is this is entrapment, <laughs> and <laughs> whatever I say will not be right. So I I, I refuse to answer this question. <laughs> Obviously, we discussed this a little bit earlier in the week when we had our our post trade deadline uh, podcast. Uh, I'm try. I'm just trying to remember the scene in Full Metal Jacket where uh, Matthew Modine's like, you know, he doesn't. Th- he, he there's no right or wrong answer. You know, he can't answer the 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 way the question in a way that will satisfy his questioner. Uh, and obviously, as a as a, as a person in favor of utter recklessness on the base pads, I assume you will shit all over it if I'm like. Yeah, these guys fucking suck. What are they doing? It's uh, it's a giant concern. I feel like there's there are two parts to it. Uh, I will refer to something that I saw Ben Nicholson Smith, your friend and mine, who, uh, former guest of the show, host of At the Letters on Sportsnet. He Benny made Fresh, the, Benny, Benny Fresh, Fresh, Fresh really the cool. one and only. Real heads remember Benny Fresh from his days at MLB Trade Rumors, or Hell or. Yeah. Old people remember his time. <laughs> the terminally online remember when Benny Fresh worked for MLB Trade Room. When he was a linebacker on the New Orleans Saints and Tecmo Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> he both returned kicks and caught passes in the flat. <laughs> he noted that the Blue Jays have been doing uh, caught in situations that he would probably regard as like uh, he regarded as high risk, low reward, which is not unfair. So since last we spoke, the Blue Jays have had a series of like of of large base running errors uh, in the the games in Miami that uh, that that precede this show, but came after we last recorded when Jorge Ofalo, who is the uh, uh, catcher for the Marlins, who has probably the best arm behind the plate in the major leagues, maybe one of the best I've ever seen. I love to watch him play behind the plate because he's a maniac. He's throwing the ball around constantly because he has a fucking hose. And multiple Blue Jays learned that lesson in just absolutely tragic ways. Lourdes Gurriel got 
the ball got away from the catcher. Guriel started towards second base, re- uh, rethought his decision, and then started to head back, but was already cooked. And then he was erased on the bases. Jonathan Villar, uh, VR, who everyone already seems to hate because he's made a few, uh, mental mistakes as, as maybe, may, may be classified, um, got picked off on a first and third. Uh, he was on third base runner, took off from first and all are, uh, I'll follow. Faro, uh, in his, all his astute, man, uh, mania threw behind VR at third base and had him out, uh, by a significant margin because, you know, our follow's got a fucking gun. Those are not like that one. Getting picked off like that is is a uh, is probably is is a mental mistake. That's you know you need to know who is on the field with you. Uh, you need to be thinking about okay if if I'm VR and I'm thinking about edging and maybe heading down to the plate if if the throw goes through to second base that's one thing. But be alert of who it is behind the plate. It, 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 for VR that to me is damning because you played with him last week. It's 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 <laughs> not like he's thing, some babe it? in the woods, right? Like you, he was your teammate. You stood there at second base and caught his throws. You know he can really fucking sling it. Not but, even not even that. I don't. I, I apologize. I do this a lot. I'm interrupting your train of thought, but not even that. Charlie Montoyo on the Zoom call after that game mm-hmm. uh, was like, "Oh, we don't. You know what? We don't play Miami anymore." So I can say this. We knew they weren't going to throw to second on that play, <laughs> and it's like that. Like it, to me, it was like I don't think VR told him because he obviously didn't know. So like that was an advanced <laughs> scouting thing. It's like you know they they recognized from you know doing video work on the Marlins that in that specific situation, the coaching staff was like in that situation they're like they're not going to throw to second on a double steal with you know with one out or or, or two outs or what whatever the situation was uh i think it was two as i recall the inning ending after <laughs> vr got thrown out but maybe mm-hmm. uh anyway uh, i thought that was very interesting <laughs> because the jays uh, like it, he was like charlie would would not ever throw anybody under the bus and he didn't and he didn't you know use names or anything but it was very it was very telling that it was like yeah we knew they weren't going to throw it a second. So, so I think this is this part one. Maybe this is more than one part. So, the 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 issue at hand is a they have made mental mistakes on the base pass um, in those high risk, low reward situations. So, with Goriel, maybe he should have just continued on to second base, taking his chances. He had already kind of you know he, there's no such thing as half pregnant, right? He had he was. Way too far off first base to try to make it back in time. Should have just maybe put his head down and run. VR not really heads up in that in that moment. The other ones like today, uh, earlier tonight in in the, in the game that uh, will have been ended by the time that everyone the hears Jays, this. which the Jays are going to have won. They the, also the Jays got will insurance, uh, also got an insurance home run from Lourdes Gurriel, as I recall. Uh, that's what you like. Yeah. The Vladimir Guerrero Jr. made uh, a, a suspect play he was on first base <laughs> ball was popped up into shallow right field he was going you know running uh, hard. it's like saying he made an uh, it's like it, it, we, there was an officer involved shooting yeah <laughs> you know, so vlad uh was on first made it to third base as this pop-up in behind you know in shallow right field was one of those no man no man's land second baseman right fielder first baseman backpedaling 
ball fell. Michael Chavis, I believe the, the Red Sox second baseman, couldn't squeeze it. Vlad comes around third base, looks up. He sees A, the ball pop out. B, he sees Chavis, the second baseman, definitely like checked out of the play. He looked down. <laughs> he was, he was on one knee. He was not like ready to make a play. So Vlad took off for home. Now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not a fast runner. He was about a close to or just below league average fast runner last year. As we've noted on this show before, as maybe you may have read in, in my newsletter, his sprint speed, uh, for whatever reason, is like down this year. Now, we've we've talked or talked for around. Whatever, for whatever reason. For whatever reason. We've who talked could, around the different understand? kinds of shape, the, the shape that, that Vladdy may have ba- arrived back to summer camp or had been, or was in as the season commenced. Point being, he's not the fastest runner. And I think I heard Wilner on the radio say he's got to know who he is, which is to say that he's going to get thrown out because he was out by 10 feet. But I don't think that's a bad mental mistake because he's trying to make things happen. And, and, and so the night that the Blue Jays made a series of these errors, it was the night that Hyunjin Ryu, the Blue Jays best player or a pitcher easily was asked about them running into outs and kind of kicking the ball around a little bit. And Ryu said something that I, that I, I like. Now, obviously he sort of stuck up for his, his teammates and wasn't about to throw anybody under the bus, as you mentioned with the manager, Charlie Montoyo. But he said, I, uh, this was, a, I guess, a quote that uh, Tegan Ma- or Keegan Matheson uh, uh, tweeted out. He said, I don't have any problem when it comes – this is, what I guess, what he told via his translator as well. He did, yes. I don't have any problems when it comes to players trying to make plays and making mistakes resulting in errors, whether it's base running and fielding behind me. He's focused on put, putting up zeros, which I like. But I think the whole idea of they're trying to make plays, that's where I am – uh, sympathetic to a fault. That's where I am. As you said, this is a trap man. I'm looking to yell at you. I want, I want them to run because I think it's more fun to watch because the game is very static these days. It's everyone standing around waiting for Teoscar Hernandez to hit a three run home run, which in the 10th inning or whatever it was tonight, it worked. But the Blue Jays have not been scoring runs, probably because they're running in doubts all the time, but also, you know, you, you got, I don't have a problem with trying to make things happen. If you're trying to make a play, if you're trying to take an extra base, like VR, again, Foddy caught uh, the left fielder on the Marlins on napping and he was tr- trying to stretch a single into a double. I, I, I have a hard time, um, coming down on that because they're trying to make plays. If guys are asleep, if they're not thinking, if they're not situationally aware, then yeah, I get it. We can kill them. But when they're trying, if it's just a player trying to make a play, trying to make something happen, trying to capitalize on a mistake or a mental mistake by the opponents, you're not going to get a lot of uh, flack from me, which is not news to anybody. No, but, it certainly isn't. But but like I think that there's <laughs> rationale in that, which is yeah. get out there and make plays. Like try to make a play, try to do something instead of just sitting around and waiting to trot home when whomever hits a home run, or try to force the. The defense to make a perfect play, right? Which is another sort of the other side of that coin, I think. I, I, it, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, I do, though, as you know, as you ranted about it while I'm watching the Blue Jays game in the background of my, you know, laptop recording our podcast, I'm just like, wow. Imagine if it was just 18 guys, nine versus nine of. Drew Fair Service All Stars. If it was just like everybody was just completely reckless on the base paths all the time, uh, that would actually be really great. That it would be, be really great. That, and, would be, and, that would be like the funnest baseball you could see. And also, but, but I, like I, that's why I like uh, or I'll follow, <laughs> or, or follow 
Faro, because he is the same thing behind the plate. He's throwing the ball around like a maniac. He's trying to make plays. I love it when you see guys like Andrew Elton Simmons throw behind somebody where like, where he might tag first, second base to on what would traditionally be the first, the front end of a double play. But if the ball wasn't hit hard enough and, and somebody's up the line, then maybe he tra- goes and throws to third base behind someone who's rounded too, too far. I just, I like people who are just trying to make things happen because it's a spectator sport. It's entertainment. Let's be in, let's, let's, um, Let's allow ourselves to be entertained. Sure. And, and let's, and, and, and again, just be out there, be active. This, uh, God, I feel like such a pathetic old man. My dad used to say all the time oh. that, it, <laughs> that, that that his thing was more about like be backing up and being active on the field. He said, great baseball is a great game to watch, but it's an even better game to play. That was his thing when just because the ball's not hit to you doesn't mean you stand there and pick your nose. It's like you run over, you anticipate where the ball's going to go. You, you, you know, you follow the, the runner. If you're the, if you're the first baseman, once the guy gets the first, you kind of follow the the trailing runner, what whatever you know. All have the, you ever, have you ever seen this one play Derek Jeter made? Yeah, well, the Blue Jays had to have one of those <laughs> plays happen to them as well. No, that was a great a great play. Those are Blue Jays, right? Yeah, it was. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, but, but we, no, uh, I, we, but, we talked about this before. But yeah, like that. Those are the things that that I value in this in the game. Now, the other part of this that I want I want to move us on because we have lots of uh, questions we want to get to. Oh no, we're not. No, no, we can't move on yet. But okay, go on. Well, the bit. thing I want to move on to and is is <laughs> the. The idea, and I've seen poor Wilner. Wilner's diving into the discourse a little bit, uh, which is talking about what is to be done. And there are so many fans who are absolutely out for blood because of these base running uh, gaffes or these outs made on the bases. So the 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 argument, and there's a stat that was shown today that the Blue Jays have made the most non-stealing outs on the bases of any team in baseball this year. But also, if you look, they're exactly – or, or slightly above league average in terms of base running runs as calculated by Fangraph. So they take the extra base. They've, they're scoring from second on singles. They're doing all, they're doing things that is not to say that their, their base running is a drag on them as a team, as far as I'm concerned. And as far as this particular metric is concerned, obviously you would like it if these guys are going to take these chances that they make it. But to me, it doesn't net out as a total, uh, like a, se- a season killer. They, and, and as such, when people start running around being like, they got to bench them, they got to bench VR, they got to bench Vlad, they got to bench Guriel for, for making these mistakes yeah, in the bases. Yeah, they got to bench Reimer, they got to bench, well, and that's they it. They got to bench Gardner. Will, Will, they got to bench Morgan Riley, you know. They're like, yeah. it's, they said, well, <laughs> you know, there's no bag skate in baseball. You don't just, you can't like penalize someone. And, and again, I think it comes back to that key difference between trying to make a play and doing the opposite, where the one example people say, well, they benched, you know, the, the Braves, uh, they benched Ron, uh, big Ron Acuna Jr. because he didn't run out a, a ball. And they, and that sent the message that hasn't, hasn't happened since. But it's like, but those two things are not in any way related. That was not Acuna Jr. trying to make a play. That was him lollygagging up the, up the line because he didn't hit a home run or whatever. That, that's a, a, not an uncommon thing. And that's something that, yeah, you need, that's something that can be penalized. That is something that, you identify a behavior that you're trying that that is that is not productive that is not trying to make a play that's not trying to advance the cause of the team or or, the, or winning a given game or or anything like that that's just someone being lazy people making outs because they're because they're running around because they're trying to make it happen because they're trying to help the team win how do you how are you going to penalize that even if it isn't well thought out or well, smart it's just let them play let them play let them try to get score a run let them try to make something happen I think that not even just that, but like 
we haven't heard about it as often lately, but honestly, I feel that there was, there was a time where there was a narrative that the organizational philosophy was in the minor leagues run like figure like like run as often as you can so you can figure out like how to actually be good at at base stealing right like you know you, the experience means a lot in terms of like how you handle those sort of situations and a, a theory of mine which i'm i guess saying right now is that which is a which is a wrong theory because <laughs> because the mental mistakes are happening not by people poisoned by the Blue Jays <laughs> organization. They're happening just because uh, playing against major league players is really hard. Like, but I think there was there was definitely a time, and I and I, I haven't looked it up, but where the there was a there was a narrative that was like, oh, the Blue Jays would like Kevin Biggio to just he has the green light. Bichette has the green light. Vlad has the green, you know, mm-hmm. like figure out how you are as a base runner. Like, don't put them in a box. Don't, don't like, don't, you know, don't like, like embrace the idea that, yeah, like that they can do wonderful things and do, well, wonderful things makes it sound like it's not. Just wonderful isn't really a nice uh, the word I want to put on it, but anyway, no, I think that you're absolutely right <laughs> that uh, that just the like forcing things to happen is a great idea, and I think the Blue Jays really organizationally, top to bottom, made a priority of being like find out who you are as a base runner in the minor leagues, and now they have a bunch of guys who for years have kind of dealt with that philosophy and, and embraced that in the major leagues. So yeah, maybe it's going to be, you know, there's going to be an adjustment period. Uh, Travis Shaw, I can't, <laughs> can't defend him or, you know, the guys who weren't like homegrown blue Jays players, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that, uh, obviously, <laughs> It's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. Run, yeah, run, and run, I don't. I wish run the run the bases. Get out. It's fine. I wish that there was something that I could say to the <laughs> folks who, as I meant, who I said before, were out for blood. Um, but really, it's just not the. You don't. I, I would. I would never want to. If I'm a. If I'm running a baseball team. If I'm a manager, I wouldn't want to to try to beat uh, creativity and just that the the that desire to make it to make a play happen. I agree. And I think it's that what you've said was, 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 was very uh, smart, which is uh, know who you wow, are. That's, as a base that's runner. not the word I would have used for it, but okay. Yeah. You know who you are as a base <laughs> runner. Know, you know, figure things out yeah. by have experience, get in, in a situation and learn. And then at the big leagues, you're going to learn that things happen a lot more quickly. You're going to learn that uh, like that, the, the play that, that happened uh, with that, that terrible throw that sort of landed up in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Jose Iglesias sort of found it and threw and threw home, uh, and 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 created an out. Uh, that that's more likely to happen in the big leagues. Guys are going to make 
really unexpectedly great plays. Guys are going to have the the best arm you've ever seen. You may not have faced someone who can throw with the with the release and the accuracy of of the Marlins catcher or Jose Iglesias or you know when Michael Chavez, who's not like any great shakes in the outfield or or the infield, but he's still able to like throw a strike from 150 feet away. <laughs> As opposed to the minor leagues where somebody yeah. might, might, uh, kind of clutch or might throw up the line, which, but again, that's all it takes, right? That's all it takes for these plays to, to stop being, stop being crazy and start being, uh, uh brilliant. Where think about the, yes. the Donaldson dash, right? How, how, what, what, what do we think about Josh Donaldson if he's runs around third base and or continues around third and then tries to score and then Mitch Moreland throws him out by 10 feet, right? Or if Mitch Moreland gets the throw there, you know, a half second earlier and Donaldson's out. I'm sorry. Josh Donaldson never played for the 2020 Toronto Blue Jays. So why would he be getting thrown out by 10 feet? That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back with a little bit more birds all day. But before, let's pause for a moment. And then we'll be back with the rest of the show. All right, everybody, our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Look, we've all been there. We all got to do what we got to do sometimes. And let me tell you, the premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicate and you can get this world beating trimmer you can get this trimmer inside their perfect package 3.0 which also includes the manscaped crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toning spray both super practical and they smell great too for a limited time if you order the perfect package kit you get two free gifts the Shed Travel Bag, and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs, which are anti-chafing cooling boxer briefs. They might be one of my favorite parts of the collection. They might be. Boxer briefs have optimal temperature control with their crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. Pair these boxer briefs with pH-balancing liquid products from the Crop Preserver, and you're ready for anything. You got to try it out yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20, all one word, two zero, at manscaped.com. Like I said, there's that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. Let's move on. Let's move on to some of these questions, which I think touch on some of the things we've talked about. Number one, we'll go, we'll go a little quick. We'll try to go a little bit of um, rapid fire in this, the question phase. We'll do this from time to time. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Drew Groff if you are so compelled. And of course, you can follow our boy Stoughton here at Andrew Stoughton. So yeah, but follow follow Drew. Obviously, I, I uh, that's a, I'm under- that's, a, that's a more that's a more. I'm underfollowed, although yeah, more, I, that is that is a, a self sabotage sort of uh, situation for the, mo- for the most. It's a much part. better experience to follow Drew than me. <laughs> I assure you. Matt One. Collins and, and, wants and to two, know. I'm trying to drive two. this thing forward here. No, no, I have a, I have a two though. Okay. I have a two. Uh, no, go ahead. 
<laughs> Matt Collins wants to know if is Kevin or is Kevin is Jonathan VR much of an upgrade over Shaw at third if and when Bo Bichette comes back. So I guess step one, if when Bo Bichette returns, should he return in, in time for the regular season to before the regular season ends? Is Jonathan VR now your everyday third baseman? Stoughton? I don't think so, no. That said, is he an upgrade over Travis Shaw, in, 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 if that's how that sort of pecking order works, that you've now yes. inserted VR and bumped Shaw to the bench or as a, as a contributor, depending on what the matchups allow for. I think we'll see, uh, VR to second, BGO to third more often than we would have ever thought possible before the start of the season. Uh, but I honestly, I, that's perhaps our best, best defensive alignment. Um, that's interesting. I I don't know that I've seen a lot of Bijou at third. No, nobody has. Nobody has. Yeah. He played it. He played it in New Hampshire in 2017 or something like that. But maybe 2018. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I don't know if you've heard this about Kevin Cavin Bijou. He's a gamer. He's he'll he'll do whatever it takes. Student of the game. Uh, and honestly, I say that like facetiously, mm-hmm. but I don't know. He's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think I think that actually would work well. And he. He did play a significant number of games at uh, at third base. I think VR has no business at shortstop. <laughs> he has no business at third base. Second was good. And then maybe if Bichio goes into the outfield, maybe Vlad goes over to third. I don't know. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Let, let's not go crazy. <laughs> All right, let's move but on. Yeah, no, I, but no, I think, I think Bichio at, at third is... Uh, a very real possibility. Well, we have another question that's related, which is from Ed Stairs, who wants to know, should the Jays just keep Biggio at second and stop moving him around? Uh, and then suggesting that we don't need to force ourselves to give more at-bats to Shaw and Panic. I would I, I would say, though, uh, that to his credit, Joe Panic's at-bats have kind of turned around in terms of quality. He, got a, uh, he drove in a run today with a hit that was so softly rolled into the outfield that it allowed <laughs> the runner from second plenty of time to come around to score. Um, I, I think that if – that BG, I, I let me say this. I don't know that BJ was – like, I feel like Pete Walker just took Charlie Montoyo out of the game. And on the TV broadcast. Oh, really? So that's uh, fine. Uh, sorry, sorry. No, so what I was going to say was, I don't know that Kevin Biggio is good enough at any one given defensive position that the, he should uh, be locked into it. I, from my sense, is that much of his value is derived from his ability to move around the uh, around the diamond. If he's cool with it, yeah. if his mental, if he can get his his. Uh, his, his mind right and 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 adjust to being a, a, a jack of all trades. Great, let's let him do it. I think that's a hundred percent right. Like Jonathan VR is like a poor man's Kevin Biggio kind of, right? Like like you would not if you're a second division team, maybe Jonathan VR. Like oh, you nobody would want him to play every day at. Not even just a premium position, but like second base, third base, like whatever. Uh, he's poor, but if his bat gets hot, I think that would be very good for the Blue Jays, and I think that's why he's there. But uh, but yeah, he he's sort of like a poor man's version of Kevin Biggio, who actually 
is a poor man's version of Ben Zobris. True. So, but you know. it's all, again, it is nice to have a uh, a, uh, a a utility guy who can contribute and make a difference, and not just someone who's bad at lots of stuff and is willing and able to sort of stand around a shortstop for a while. Uh, let's go to the next question, which is sort of related. It is. Um, uh, let me see. Hold on. Where to go? Oh, there it is. Uh, related to some news that came out, transaction news, which is, of course, the Blue Jays had DFA Daniel Vogel back after a very short and uh, not exactly glamorous turn as a Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, he was picked up by the Milwaukee Brewers, who on the, in there, uh, for whatever reason, they DFA'd uh, Justin Smoke, oh, former Blue Jay. So the question from Jason uh, uh, Hadjuk comes in and says, for those of us who never completely let go of Justin Smoke, do you see any plausible path to a fit on the Jays' 40-man roster. Uh, I don't know. I can't really see it. Uh, again, they don't. They're not. They're not wanting for guys with Come on. Smoke's skill set. And I don't have Smoke's <laughs> numbers in front of me. But I'm going to jump. Oh, they're not. They're not great. I mean, he is not Rowdy Tellez this year. Justin Smoke was a was a gift and was wonderful, and I really enjoyed Justin Smoke's time with the Blue Jays. But yeah, it seems like he's not he's not helping them. He's not helping them right now. It, and you know, the things that route that, that Justin Smoke did at the end of his Blue Jays tenure, which was to make himself such a dangerous and useful middle-of-the-order hitter on a bad team, which was, a, you know, he was his strikeouts went way down, his walks went way up, and he was really able to drive the baseball. This year, he hasn't been doing that. His strikeout rate is way up, and his walks are way down. And the thing about it is, we're talking about now, I don't know exactly how many games the Jays have remaining in the season, but... You know, it's like a 25 or just less, definitely less than 30 game sprint to the end. So there's no time to see if Justin Smoke can figure it out. And if you're trying to figure it out with a Justin Smoke or a Daniel Vogelback, same reason they let him go, you know what he's capable of, but they don't have time and space to screw around because they've got lots of at bats or they've got lots of players who are vying for at bats and they really need to figure out what's the best combination that's going to give them a best, that best position to stay in that playoff hunt and then get in there and hopefully try to steal a series from someone, uh, uh, you know, given an opportunity. So I, I and, ne- and, and neither do the brewers. Yeah, no, they're not in a different, different position. <laughs> so yeah, the next couple questions are, are kind of related to just the overall quality of the team, which kind of, I think relate to this conversation also relate to a conversation that, uh, that Jason Stark and Doug Glanville had with Mark Shapiro, who was on uh, the Starkville podcast, and they they were sort of asked uh, asked him about would you have made some of these moves without the kind of playoff structure, temporary playoff structure? And I, you know, I, I, I encourage everyone to check it out. But the, the short answer is no, um, that they wouldn't have made these 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 moves. And I think that a lot of the conversations that we've had around this team and is that they're they're not great. They're not a great team. The pitching has turned around, but while that meanwhile the offense has gone cold, I don't think anyone would ever say they're a great defensive team and as we've discussed, their base running leaves something to be desired. So they're not a great team. 
This isn't like watching the every night's win. They're going to win every time they take the field, like in 2015. It's not 2016 where there was like kind of playing baseball against a boa constrictor with the other teams where they just weren't going to let you score any runs. And then they had three tremendous great hitters and also Russell Martin and Troy Tulowitzki who were, you know, on the back half of their career, but a tough team to play against. No fun playing against the 2016 Blue Jays. 2015, you knew you were going to lose. So, uh, the back, the back half of their if you split Troy Tulowitzki's career in half, <laughs> where, where's the midpoint? It's like 2004. Excuse me. You know what I meant. Uh, so, uh, Adrian, uh, Heil, I believe is how you pronounce uh, this gentleman's last name. Yeah. Oh, oh, Bel- uh, our Belgian friend. He's amazing. Oh, okay. he's Belgian. Well, there you go. Shout out to. Well, uh, you know what? If um, Unless he's not, in which case. Adrian, I apologize for slandering you. No, he's a Canuck in the Brussels bubble. There you go. That's his (laughs) his bio says. So he wants to know, should we just sit back and enjoy the fact that Jays are playing meaningful games in September, or should we continue to harp on every shortcoming as proof of wild ineptitude from everyone in the front office and management? I don't know that he's 100% serious about this question. I think this might be asked a little bit facetiously. Maybe I'm crazy. I mean, he is like a city planner who is – (laughs) this <laughs> is smart about shit, but yeah, it, it, perhaps not. Uh, have you heard of Rob Manfred? Uh, I do as, li- as little as possible, as little as possible. Uh, <sighs> yeah, not great. No, not great. Not great. But I, so Adrian's point is well made that we should just, uh, there, there, there needs to be a little bit more of enjoyment. Now, the Blue Jays are not making it easy for, for fans to enjoy, uh, the games, as we've stated, the, the, because as you were going on about yesterday, um, people, when they, when they make the, the base running errors, they get thrown out or they do dumb stuff. It makes people want to jump off of a bridge. It makes them, the outs, as you described them, make people so nude and red <laughs> and mad online. Uh, so it's hard to enjoy, but, uh, I think that was, that was a good, that was a good tweet. Thank you. <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> but it, it relates to to Gabe Lerman, who is a, a longtime uh, Twitter. Uh, oh, he's awesome! Yeah, yeah. yeah His no, question Gabe, is: If yeah. the Jays make the postseason with it, which I think is related to Adrian's post uh, question, if the Jays make the postseason this year, will they hang a banner from the Rogers Center rafters like they did for the AL East and the wild card wins uh, of yore? Does it count? Does this if the Blue Jays make the playoffs and they hang something that says "Wild Card Participant 2020"? Does it count? Only if Bon Jovi plays. <laughs> I think I think that it counts. So, it, so Adrian followed up with how, which is related, which is how I like, good I is like, team? Oh, sorry, sorry, Drew. I'm sorry, but I just I like how. You and I are the only people old enough listen, to be listening to this podcast to know who Bon Jovi even is. Is that we that's a elderly, leaf thing though, right? That we, are, was, we are elderly folks now. Well, remember the the, 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 the Billy Joel's got <laughs> his number retired at Madison Square Garden, if I recall. Uh don't care for that. But you know what? Actually, uh did you know that Larry Dolan, who owns the Cleveland baseball team? Mm-hmm. Is like a cousin of James Dolan, who owns the New York Knicks. Sounds like they're so wealthy folks, wealthy, wealthy folks. But the I think I feel, I feel the, the term point. is I feel the term is fail sons, but okay, yeah. that that works too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Please, the question is, on. how good is this team really, and and does it matter? It doesn't matter that they're not the best team, that they're not on the same level as 
the twins and uh, the A's and and the Rays. They're definitely not at that level. They're playing close to the same level as the Yankees, who can't win for losing. Uh, Chicago is playing really well right now. The Blue Jays, you know, uh, run differential. Whatever you want to look at. You don't have to get into to numbers. You just gotta if you watch the team and you look at what uh, at what how they fare. Uh, they're not how a they great run team. the bases. That, how they run? Well, the how bases. they hit, how they hit, and how they pitch. <laughs> they're not a great team, but that does that doesn't matter if it's fun, which it's supposed to be. It, again, this is this is the almost the the argument in favor of keeping baseball's postseason um, small and uh, only allowing good teams in because. You know what though, the Royals in 2015. I know the World Series didn't happen, mm-hmm. but uh, them and also I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Tony La Russa's St. Louis Cardinal teams. Also terrible trash, just complete garbage. No Hall of Famers at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It, it, we've rethought uh, what what really counts as a, a great baseball team. And it turns out the one that, <laughs> that keeps getting thrown out at, at home plate, they're right in the conversation. <laughs> Look, it's easy to have these conversations. Now, when, if, when they get into a playoff series, if they, if they, if they are in a series with the A's or whoever else, and they take the first game, no one's going to be asking these questions anymore. It's just going to be, imagine they do this. Maybe they do this. And that's the kind of thing that people remember. They don't, you know, you think back to the great, some great upsets that may have happened across other sports. Nobody remembers if the team was good or bad. They remember that that was a great moment. So hopefully this Blue Jays team, flawed as it may be, is able to provide some great moments, some 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 big wins, and and then the opportunity to play in October. No one's going to ask how they got there, and if they win the World Series, then we'll celebrate like they won the World Series. There'll be a party, there'll be a parade, all that stuff. No, well, there won't be a parade. Actually, there absolutely will not. There won't be a parade. <laughs> so, but but nonetheless, you know, we'll take it take it for what it is and just enjoy the ride. But also, go in with your eyes open and recognize that the team it does have flaws. The team has many ways that it could improve. It's just a matter of uh, of um, what what can improve between now and uh, and and a fateful series with a, with a which a series in which the Blue Jays will be a significant underdog. You know what I do like about mm-hmm. the current state of things, which is there's not a lot, but the Blue Jays and the Detroit Tigers, I like to call them, I like to call the city Detroit, like a proper Canadian, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, pronouncing it correctly. Uh, they are, you know, fighting for this last playoff spot. It's obviously. like not they're not really like the Tigers are terrible there's literally no chance that they will take the eighth spot like if you have if if you can bet on the Blue Jays taking the eighth playoff spot and win a little bit of money I will entirely advocate for you to do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it is definitely like a bit of a, a slow race like when you're on, on, on trying, trying to get your your bmx badge or your bike badge for cubs and you have to do the slow race a little bit of, of what's going on there um, a couple yeah. quick ones but it, but, it, but it's what it's will it, it, it's wonderful the blue jays and the tigers 
as an elderly person, a storied rivalry as for know, the as, for, as I know, for us, as I know you elders. are as, as well. Yeah, no, it's really great to, to have that. I just, I wish, I don't know, I wish I knew. All right, moving more on. People, more people to hate. Moving on. Question from my guy Please. Chris, yeah. legendary poker dealer at uh, the Great Blue Heron Casino and others in across the Southern Ontario area. Um, if you could go back in time and redo the Josh Donaldson trade. Would you take a mystery box return as in would you redo the trade at a different time? Or would you stick with this Julian Merriweather flamethrowing maniac that the Blue Jays have apparently acquired um, just on a little bit of a longer timeline? I hope you're not asking me. I am asking you that. What would you rather do? Would you rather go and trade him? Obviously, I would take Julian Merriweather. Like, I mean, he's going to win a Cy Young Award. Are you kidding me? Sold. Sold. (laughs) Sold. But no, but for real, like, I know it's, like, gauche to say. I know that we're not supposed to be like, oh, Ross Adkins might not be a complete idiot, but I really think that the Jays have done some good stuff. First and foremost, uh, picking that guy. All right, moving on. <laughs> we got a couple related questions. Thanks. One from Adam Lee. Uh, uh, shout out to Adam Lee uh, at Island Soapbox. Always been really supportive for years and years and years. And same with uh, Scott Caswell, who they both asked uh, similar questions, which is about the Blue Jays catching. So, uh, so Adam's question, Adam Lee's question, was more related to Alejandro Kirk. Like, is there a chance that we see Alejandro Kirk? Uh, because as Scott points out, the Blue Jays are getting nothing offensively from behind the plate that Danny Jansen is not hitting this year as he did not hit for much of the previous year. Reese McGuire, who hit uh, hilariously well in a September of 2019 has now is, is does not getting a ton of opportunities, but when he does isn't hitting at all because he's not a great hitter. He never was all the way through the minor leagues. He had a great month. It was awesome. Uh, the Blue Jays defensively are um, uh, not, you know, those two don't jump off the page in terms of their framing here in this short and truncated season. Uh, their defense is fine. They're not as fun to watch as maybe Jorge Alfaro. But does that mean that maybe we'll see Alejandro Kirk as the Blue Jays try to get a little bit more offense from behind the plate? In your mind, Andrew Stoughton. Mm. Honestly, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else there. So you're going to be like, in your mind, Andrew Stoughton, what do you think? So that's why I paused. (laughs) But no, honestly, I don't think that like they can spin it however they want. But I like, why would they bring him up to the, the, uh, the taxi squad, the taxi squad. If they weren't like, I think that, that, like no, I think that they absolutely will. They are, are I think they are. I think they are considering it, mm-hmm. and I think they are smart to consider it. But also, I you know, it seems absurd. It does. It like it doesn't really make sense, and especially like you know the service time terms. But maybe catchers, you don't need to worry about service time because they all get real hurt real easily because that position is just such a nightmare for anybody to deal with uh i don't know i don't know and and i think that honestly is it is going to be 
the like central question to like the next month mm-hmm. because how how all in are they on this season or what do they think about like because I think Alejandro Kirk could absolutely put up the numbers that Danny Jansen is right now at the plate. He could absolutely put up the numbers that Reese McGuire is. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily like the framer that he is. I know you are a guy, Drew, which we respect and love. (laughs) It was like, I don't don't care about framing. I want to see that arm. And I don't know if Kirk even has the arm, but he's just a... He's surprisingly athletic from every, you know, report you hear about him. And honestly, I don't know. I don't think I don't think they would have done that if not to push Jansen or to think of, or to like make it a real thing. Like he doesn't have a 40 man spot, but I think he's I think that's a real possibility and it should be if you're managing the Blue Jays right now about you know trying to win like trying to win as many games as possible try to make sure you get to the playoffs i think alejandro kirk is perhaps your best option so i have one thing it's not that i don't care about framing i'd like to watch a catcher who can throw did i did i say did i say that you're not inaccurate i've said things in and around that neighborhood, it's not that I don't think framing you, you is had important. one. You had one tweet, this but week. I definitely said that I prefer it from an aesthetic <laughs> point of view. I love to watch someone who can throw and loves to throw, and was always looking to throw the baseball around. The Blue Jays catchers are not have not defend uh, differentiated themselves. Have not stood up for the pack in any defensive way. Although uh, Jansen did stand out last year, and Reese McGuire, as I've made, said many times before, I think he's a brilliant defensive catcher. He is someone mm-hmm. I do like to watch play. Offensively, they're getting nothing. Their their uh, uh, weighted runs created plus as a team from behind the plate this year, where 100 is league average, is 29. So there's only one team <sighs> worse offensively behind the plate than the Blue Jays, and that's the Colorado Rockies. That said... that they barely, The Rockies barely count as a team, frankly. <laughs> the league, uh, league-wide, the 2020 <laughs> catchers have a, a, a slash line of 225, 309, 389. So the entire league's catching core... The, the bar's not the very bar's high. The bar's not high, and the Blue Jays are, 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 are just so far below that. The problem with Alejandro Kirk calling him up it's a great idea it would be a lot of fun he's a fan favorite because he has a is it is it the catching part well the catching part and the calling the game part the (laughs) calling games is so complicated now and and i while i am usually the one to kind of roll my eyes when people talk about rookies coming to the league uh, catching is different especially because the the pitching staff is like fucking 20 people deep at this point and you need to develop relationships and kind of have the trust of the pitcher and the and the pitching coach and make sure that everything's clear and kirk is a guy who's barely played above I don't think he has at all played above uh, high A other than in spring training. Oh, he's only got to Dunedin. Yeah, and then he's been cooling his heels since the spring training ended other than you know now working out at the at the alternate site and doing stuff away from away from the the team but he's not been playing games so there's lots of opportunity for him to get better but there's no substitute for catching big league pitching and standing in there and knowing what it's going to take to be a big league catcher so it's really really asking a lot of a young player whether or not you want to protect his service time or worried about what his long-term development i don't think you know, it'd be great if Kirk turned into that, but I don't think that's what's holding them back. It's like, for as bad as the Blue Jays catchers have been playing, 
there's a chance that he could be worse. And then in the me, in doing so and finding out that he's hitting worse and unable to, to manage the pitching staff as Jansen and, and to a lesser extent McGuire have, you've, you've just doubly screwed yourself. So I think that it might even be a bit more risky than we recognize, even taking into account the fact that the catchers are, have been so bad. Um, I didn't, I haven't looked at the stat cast numbers, but I mean, as a, as a catching core, McGuire and, and, uh, and, Jansen have a quite a high walk rate. They're not striking out a lot. So maybe there's a chance that they could bust out a little bit and, uh, and just kind of just, just put the baseball, put the bat on the ball and, and have a few good things happen. Uh, because again, that's all it would take to be an improvement. That's all it would take to be a, to be an, <laughs> an upgrade over what they've got. Uh, no, I, I think you're right. That's an easier way to upgrade because yeah so, like so much work for catchers is in spring training is learning the staff is like is like like they're that, they have such an enormous job mm-hmm. uh that the idea that you can just like change catchers in midstream is probably foolish all right here's the, here's the last one that we'll do today so thanks to everybody uh for sending your questions in if you didn't get to them um uh, uh we'll get to you next time uh, again hit us up when we send out the call for the next round of questions, this one comes from a Tom or, uh, or Lord, uh, Adam, uh, which is how would you set up your rotation in a three game playoff series? If you are the Toronto blue Jays. It's a really good question. How many bullpen days do I need? Well, I mean, I think about it this way. So you got Ryu game one, no matter what. <laughs> Obviously. Because it's a three-game series, and you got to win one. If, if you have, if you have the luxury of setting up your rotation even before going into the series, good, right? like, good point, good point. If you have the luxury, you do everything you can to get, um, to get Ryu in there first. That said, is there anyone on the team, any of the starters, who is who has stood out to you such that? You're like, that's the guy we got to give the ball in game two. There is. There is. Mm-hmm. Julian Merriweather. That's that's the one. Of course, we're talking about a guy who's <laughs> got, so weird, he's got four so weird, big innings, though. Four. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, but I mean, you're not – you're in the playoffs and do not deserve – to be there at all so i don't know i think that if ever there was a time to throw caution to the wind i say you it's starting julian you start merriweather so so depending on the outcome of game robbie robbie ray perhaps it turns out so i would say you start merriweather you've got ray ready to to step in if need be and you've also got taiwan walker who it might be like kind of the 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 caddies for the for 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 merriweather and and then whichever one you maybe don't use, you can save for a game three if if necessary. But I think because it's a three game series, you are gonna you got to try to win it as soon as you can. Like there's no waiting. There's no like, well, we've all we've still we still got an opportunity to come back in this series. If you win the first game, do everything you can to win the second because the last thing you want to do is play a third. So yeah. I think that if you can have maybe those three guys sort of uh, ready to go, and I mean that's a, that's saying a lot for Robbie Ray again, who's been so bad. Um, um, this season that we're like, yeah, no, the Jays fixed the Jays fixed, the Jays him. fixed him. They fixed. He only him. gave up one home run last outing, so he's hundred <laughs> percent fixed. 
So, so that's a tough question. And, and thanks, uh, thanks to Adam for sending it. And thanks to, to you, uh, for responding. And thanks to everybody for listening. Oh, 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 there's one more question, Stoughton. It's a good one. You ready? Oh, good. Oh, thank God. It's, uh, the question is, can Stoughton read the Manscaped ad? <laughs> I'm, I'm, get, no. I'm guessing that's a no. No, I no, cannot. No. That is a no. That is a no. Well, first of all, the Manscaped people are lovely, and I would not want to uh, wrong them in any way. And also, I don't Our know. friends at Manscaped, we want to do them <laughs> right. So we will let the certified ad, not certified ad reader, whatever. That, just a little bit of fun. Just having a little fun here on uh, on, on Birds All Day. So you wrote an interesting thing about, uh, before we go, I want you to, to big up your piece about 20 years of Rogers' ownership for your Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, is it? Has it been twenty years? It's only felt like ninety. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It, it, for some reason, the folks at Sportsnet didn't celebrate the twentieth anniversary of Rogers buying the Blue Jays. We're not having a ceremony outside, you know, the <laughs> the Gate Nine by the Ted Rogers statue. Uh, I don't know. It, it it's it's been weird. It's been weird, and I I, I really it, I enjoyed writing the piece. I hope people read it. Please read it. Uh, what it basically says is that the whole dumb Rob Manfred league has caught up to the Blue Jays, where it's like for years it was like, oh, corporate ownership. This is horrible. Like they're they are only concerned about the bottom line. This is ridiculous. And then it turns out. Yeah, I know. All the teams are like that now. So they've been good soldiers for the commissioner. Uh, and not so great for Toronto Blue Jays fans. I can't recommend highly enough. You go check out Stoughton's <laughs> piece. The best way to do that is, of course, to be a subscriber to The Athletic. So if you haven't subscribed, go and sign up. Get the whole year. Tell them that uh, Birds All Day sent you because they like it when that happens. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I think you should do that. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast. You don't have to be an, uh, an athletic subscriber. We just think that you should, but you can get it on Spotify, Apple podcast, overcast, Stitcher, anywhere here, there, everywhere. So sign up for the, for the, for the athletic subscribe to the show, go and read Stoughton's thing. And again, I think that we've seen the team in Cleveland has shown over and over again, that they have a, they have lots of ability to build a winner, but they are 100% risk intolerant, risk averse, where the Blue Jays have almost, I would say the Blue Jays front office have already demonstrated that they're not that simply by signing Hyunjin Ryu, which is like an incredibly risky contract. So while 20 years of Rogers might not have been uh, all uh, good times and and something to celebrate. Uh, the guys in front of, in charge of the team right now, I don't know. They're going to make the playoffs again for the second time in like five years, which uh, nobody else can uh, really lay claim to. At the, at the end, <laughs> well, Pat Gillick, but other than good that. old Stan Pat running the highest payroll in the league. That uh, that seemed like it was a good plan as well. I mean, clearly. his name is Andrew Stoughton. <laughs> 
<laughs> my name is Drew Fairservice. Thank you for listening to this episode of Birds All Day. Thank you for listening to all the episodes of Birds All Day. And thank you again for the for the folks who who support what we do when we don't just talk about baseball. I hope that again you continue to let the people that matter in your lives know that they matter and continue to fight for the things that are important to you uh, to make our world a slightly less uh, terrible place. I think that's something that is, is in all of us to do. So let's continue to do it, even if it's just us talking into a void in my dining room, whatever it is, we can hopefully continue to make a difference uh, together. So his name is Andrew. My name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day.